We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. He throws back shoulder, Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch out of bounds. He has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle, he pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. Rams sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Apollo here for Rams Talk. And, uh, well, you know what? It's Christmas. It's Christmas morning, way early in the morning. Merry Christmas to all of our listeners, to all you Rams fans out there, everywhere. We are extremely thankful that you take the time throughout the year to listen to our content, to read our content, and we just want to say, again, Merry Christmas to you. For the show today, we have plenty of things to talk about, beginning with our conversation with 49er Hubs, Kevin Molina. He's been on our show a couple of times now. He's here to preview this weekend's rivalry game with the San Francisco 49ers. And also, before we move on 
to even him, we do want to remind you that we're available anywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, SoundCloud, and Spreaker. Also, don't forget to subscribe. And please leave five-star reviews if you feel like it, if you feel like we earned it on iTunes. It really helps us out. Oh, and please don't forget our other shows on the network, Rampage Radio with J. Rob and Jay, and Butting Heads with Johnny Gomez and little Stevie, Steve Ribeiro. Okay, and finally, before we get to our interview with Kevin Molina, we do want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors. Most of us are practically addicted to anything Los Angeles Rams. Well, if you want to learn more about the Rams' history with a bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawk's Hollywood Teen Grit Glamour in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out his son's story of his father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Lakes Hirsch, Tom Beers, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's available in both hardback and electronic form at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You can find Hollywoodsteam also through various other booksellers on the internet. Folks, I've read this book cover to cover. It's worth Every penny for all the Rams fans out there. It's also a great story about a person's father and the legacy he left behind. Again, folks, trust me, check it out. Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's well worth your time. Okay, folks, here we are. I'm going to send you right out to him. It's our interview with Kevin Molina from, well, 49ers Hub. All right, folks, I'm here with Kevin Molina from 49ers Hub. Bud, how you doing? Uh, actually, pretty good. You know, I want to say Merry Christmas to all the Rams fans out there, to all, everyone that listens to your podcast. You know, happy holidays and whatnot. Uh, just, you know, setting up for our Christmas and wrapping up our season as you guys begin the second part of your season. Well, and a big part of our season coming up is – we need to beat the 49ers this weekend in order to wrap up the second seat. It should have already been wrapped up since we're sticking with the Christmas theme and all. But um, with all that in mind, let's talk here because when we first talked to you earlier in the year, when we talked uh, during the tour on the league, there was a lot of buzz around the 49ers and you put the brakes on. You said they're a year away. They're probably about eight and eight this year. Then Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, and things don't even get that far. Where is this team now, and where are they going for the future? They're a team that is holding itself together with bubble gum, band-aids, any kind of adhesive that you can think of. They're, they're just trying to get through this, the rest of the season. They're a team that fights to the end. They're... Their team, I think, not more than half of the games this, this season have been decided by eight points or less, and I think they're three and five in those eight games. Um, they're a team that's incredibly young, incredibly inexperienced, and incredibly flawed at certain spots. And I mean, it's pretty obvious anyone that watches 49ers games or anyone that's kind of an, an observer that what they're missing and what they still need for the future. Now, 
the these last this last you know stretch of games you know just you know late november and into december you know you're starting to see some of the younger players kind of grow into their roles so that's definitely a positive but it, it's kind of like i was thinking about it today i was thinking about it you know in terms of you know in the lead up to this conversation with you that it's kind of like a car they have a lot of the spare parts that you put together when building a car but right now their engine is being worked on and that engine is Jimmy Garoppolo and there's a few other things like the you know the accelerator or you know just the frame itself of a car which in, in the 49ers case is a pass rusher you know a for, especially in the 49ers game a free safety those those are kind of parts that they're still missing they have every a lot of the other parts they're just really young and inexperienced, so this time is helping them grow. But it's getting the rest of the parts that put together that car. It, it's like for you guys, you know, before Gurley, before Goff, before Aaron Donald, you guys had some of the parts together, but it just took a while to put all those parts together, and you need the right kind of mechanic to, to fine-tune it to keep it running the way it needs to be run. Okay, so with all that in mind, with all the injuries and those missing parts, what has worked this year for the 49ers? What gives you hope? Uh, George Kittle, DeForest Buckner, and some of the kind of role players. And I, I think a lot of fans, especially 49ers fans, have gotten themselves in this idea, this theory, that a team has to have number one, you know, a first-round pick or an elite player at every position to run, to be a really good team. And that's not the case. You build it with, with around, you know, certain elite-level talent, and then you have role players behind them. And I think, for me what I take from this year is they have a lot of solid, really good role players and two really, really high end players. They're getting the quarterback back next year. I think he has the ability to be a top 10 quarterback. I really do believe that it's just getting some of the other parts. So it's like what I talked about is what I take away from the season from a positive perspective is they have a lot of the role players that you need to get by. I mean, I, I look at the Rams, like a guy like Samson Ebucon, you got in the, I believe what in the fifth round, uh, something like that, fifth or sixth. I'm trying to remember off the yeah. top of my head. Robert Woods, he was a cast off from Buffalo. You know, some of the parts that you guys are putting together, you know, Brandon Cooks, you know, even though he was a first round talent, he got traded from team to team to team. Certain guys, you know, cer certain rosters are constructed in weird ways and not always done through the conventional means. So for me, what I'll take away from this season is they have a lot of young players and a lot of in players, young players especially screw up a lot, but they have a lot of solid role players. It's now it's time to to start putting together, start putting, inserting the high end players that you need to win games. Where do you stand with Kyle Shanahan? What kind of job has he done out there? And I know certain beat writers will will speak negatively about Kyle Shanahan, and I think that's more from a personal perspective. But I thought the job he has done for someone so young, I think people forget that he's only thirty nine years old. I mean, today the news came out that Pete Carroll just got an extension through, what, 2021 or 2022? You know, Pete Carroll is almost 30 years older than, than Kyle Shanahan and almost, what, 40 years older than, than uh, Sean McVay. Some of these guys, you know, to be so young and to be able to just to hold yourself up and not, not screw up more times than not is a really good sign for me. I, I think it's Steve Wilkes. They're already talking about firing him. He's going to be a one and done. 
a guy like that is you see it in even though I personally don't think that he's the cause of all their problems those kind of mistakes are going to happen I don't think they made a mistake at all hiring Kyle Shanahan I think his scheme works and I think more so than anything else his personality fits with the type of, of guys that are in the NFL I know I know a lot of positive press is given to Sean McVay, not just in terms of his acumen as a, a play caller and a, and a play designer, but just how he deals with people. And I think when Kyle Shannon was hired, that was a concern for a lot of people. But just given the way players speak about him, given the way the, the writers that cover the team on a daily basis speak about him, given the way just the people in the organization speak about him, to me, he's the right man for the job. It's just going to – it's taking him time to put together those pieces. I mean, just – they're a top 15 in terms of yards per game kind of offense with a third string, you know, quarterback, a, a, a former undrafted, free, you know, free agent running back, two of them, you know, fifth round pick a tight end, multiple, you know, first and second year players across the offense. So for him, them to be able to him to be able to hold up the offense to that point and not lose these players, because I think you'll see you guys see it just as much as I do, is that when players want to speak negatively about a coach on a day in and day out basis, there are certain people they'll go to and they'll speak negatively about that. In the time that Kyle Shanahan's been with the 49ers, you've not seen one player, even former players, ever speak ill of him on a personal level. And I think that that says more than anything else to me about the job he is doing now. Now the wins have to come for sure. It's not going to be always one of those things where, oh, well, he's just putting things together and he's holding it up. No, there are wins that are going to need to come that need to be attached to his name soon enough. But right now for what he's dealing with, I think he's done as good a job as one can do in this situation. Now let's talk about that third string quarterback. We don't even know this guy, Mullins. Tell us about him. What's he do? He, and I think you'll, you'll understand our reference. He's a better version of Case Keenum. You think he's better than Case Keenum? Yes. Tell me why. Because I think he can do the one thing that Case Keenum can't. I think he's willing to go down the field. I think he's willing to be aggressive. I, I mean, I'm watching the game right now between the Broncos and the Raiders, and and I, I was there for the Broncos 49ers game because my wife is a Broncos fan, and I saw it you know, almost every down. Case Keenum is scared to go down the field. Case Keenum is scared not to be – not just to escape the – you know, be nothing more than a check down player. I think, you know, Nick Mullins at his best is a better version of what – Case Keenum is now. Is he a starting, you know, a starting level quarterback? No, but we think about how how difficult it is to find a backup quarterback in this league. If you have a guy with with significant experience, and by the end of the season he'll have at least eight games of experience and a ton of snaps under his belt, those are the kinds of guys that you trust. The guy is only twenty three years old. I mean, and he, well, I think he has the fifth most passing yards in the history of the NFL in his first seven starts. You know, yeah, a lot of that is Kyle Shanahan, but a lot of that is Nick Mullins willing to take a shot in the pocket, willing to get out, you know, out of the pocket and willing to throw down field. Now, speaking of taking shots, that offensive line, how's it doing? How does it match up with the Rams front seven? I, I mean, I still think when you have – the best defensive player in the league who is going up against the weak spot of an offensive line like the 49ers, I 
I do expect Aaron Donald to do Aaron Donald things. I expect him to get the record for most sacks by a defensive tackle in, in history with 20. I think he, I think he'll get it in the first quarter because I think that he's that good. As the rest of the offense, I mean, I because Dante Fowler came in after you know they they played that first time. I don't know how he impacts it because. I mean, the one weakness, and I think I hope you'll agree with me here, is that the edge spot, the edge, on, you know, on the Rams defense has been kind of the weak spots. But you know, now that you have Sanson Ebicon having a bigger role, now that you have Dante Fowler in there, you know, that might be where where the litmus test of the Forty Nine ers offensive line is because that's the strength of their offensive line. They're two tackles, mm-hmm. Joe Staley and Mike McGlinchey. It's the interior three that's where where the Rams will obviously have the advantage. It's it's if they can if they can hold up on the edges, maybe the 49ers can have some success. But I, I do think there's some going to be some replay of what happened earlier in the season. So that matchup, how do you feel about the secondary? With possibly we're not sure on the Marcus Jordan. Looks like he'll be all right. He's mm-hmm. our free safety out there. How is that secondary going to match up against Kittle and the rest of your crew? I think Kittle will have success because I think, you know, Mullins features him pretty significantly. I think Dante Pettis being out really hurts them just because he, you know, now you're down to a a limping Marquise Goodwin who's dealing with a ton of issues right now. And a second-year former undrafted free agent in Kendrick Bourne. Those are going to be your two primary receivers. I expect Peters and Tlaib to lock them down because they're that good. But it's that middle of the field, which Kyle Shanahan knows to, knows how to exploit better, almost better than anyone. That's where I think there'll be some kind of an advantage. I mean, I, you see, you know, Kittle's on pace to potentially break the all-time record for receiving yards by tight end, tight end in a single season. So if if he can get rolling, I expect a good day from him. Other than that, it's going to be difficult for them to have any kind of success on the perimeter. And flip it around, the Rams. The Rams offense against your defense, how's it looking? I know you guys gave the Bears some problems and you gave the Seahawks some problems. So what's where's this going with, with that matchup? I think it'll be tough. I I think the Rams will be able to do the Rams kinds of things, especially, you know, how given how good Goff is in play action. I think that's where because they're they're such a young defense. Outside of Richard Sherman, there isn't a player who's starting for the 49ers that has more than three years of experience. You know, second second to Richard Sherman is is DeForest Buckner and starts. You think he has forty six. No one has more than that in the rest of the defense. So so you have that advantage. And I think young players, especially really young players, bite hard on play action. I think that's where where Goff will kind of you know gash them on a consistent basis. I think from a running perspective, you'll tell me. I don't know if Gurley's going to be able to play or not, or if they're going to want to risk him playing. Given you know that how much he means to the offense, and that, you know if it's C.J. Anderson and I think Josh or John Kelly is that is that his name? Yes, John Kelly. I, I think they can have some success bottling them up, but I think it's it's kind of what you'll do on the perimeter. It's a perimeter game. This this game, you know, can the 49ers find any success on the perimeter offensively? Can the can they stop them? You know. Woods and, and Cooks and, you know, and whoever else they, they, they line up out there, you know, can they they be able to bottle that up? Well, one thing the Bears did with great success and the Lions and Eagles did with a little bit less success was force the Rams to throw short, 
run for their lives, Jared Goff running for his life, do you yeah. have the same kind of tools to employ that kind of game plan against the Rams? Not to that degree. I mean, Philadelphia and Chicago, in, well, I mean, not so much Detroit because I think, you know, the offensive line for the 49ers is probably better than Detroit's. Um, but not to, obviously not to the degree of the Eagles or the Bears. I mean, those are the top two, two of the top five pressure defense in the entire league. So it's not going to be that. But I mean, I think you have DeForest Buckner, who is probably going to a Pro Bowl if you know either Cox or or Hicks or or you know Aaron Donald is obviously playing in the Super Bowl. So I think he'll, he'll probably be one. I think Solomon Thomas playing inside is definitely a a significant upgrade in terms of just putting him in a, in a place to succeed. Like you're seeing a little, you know, you're seeing some productive play from Eric Armstead. So I think in the interior will be able to, to, to just be able to be able to find some success there. I mean, I've seen some success in terms of the interior three being dominated by their team. So hopefully that would be where they could pressure them where they could pressure golf anyways. All right. So I'm going to let you go, man. Thank you so much for coming on for Christmas Eve it is uh, one of those things in our business. We have to provide content no matter what. And so I'm very thankful that you're taking this time. But we cannot hang up this call without at least getting your prediction on the game. So how are you calling it? Rams 24-17. 24-16, something like that. You, you'll see a fluky touchdown here or there. But I think the Rams, will by the, end, by the fourth quarter, they'll have things wrapped up. And, then you know, it, the process of it will just play out as is. 49ers will play tough because it's a division game. I don't know how many 49ers fans are going to be at the Coliseum. It, it, every year tends to be a good, solid showing for their fan base. You know, this is a team that's playing with some energy. They're playing a lot of young players. So we can definitely see them give them some kind of tough spurts. But, you know, I, I definitely think it's a game that the Rams, for the most part, will control. It's a weird thing. Like, I went went to last year's game, and everybody and their brother knew at that point the Rams were not going to put the starters. So a bunch of fans didn't show. There was a ton of 49ers fans who spent a lot of their time rubbing our noses into the ground for losing to them <laughs> with our third four stringers. It blew my mind. We gave we gave the 49ers fans so much crap after that on our podcast. But with this time, with it being – with the stakes high this weekend, I got to think it will be a better showing in terms of Rams fans. It's such a transient city. You just never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, for, the, for the Kansas City game, that place is packed with Rams fans. But for the uh, Eagles game, uh, it was a lot more evened out. So you just never know what we're going to get. We'll and see. and plus you might know early on because I, I what the Bears and the Vikings play that ten in that ten a.m. slot. So by the time kickoff happens, they could you know, Rams can already know whether or not they're they're fighting for that second spot or they already have it locked up. Just a question on how fast you can sell their tickets then. <laughs> yeah, well that's how true. many Four ers fans are going to come down to want to see that, especially with um without Jimmy without Jimmy G in the game. Yeah, without Jimmy G, without any kind of stakes. That, yeah, I mean, right now we're talking about whether whether or not we're going to be picking second or third. So it might be one of those years where it might be more Rams fans. But, you know, you never know. There's there's a huge 49ers contingent in this city. Better enjoy it now because come 2020 when they get that nice Coliseum upgrade, i.e. Cronkyville, it's not going to be that way anymore. It's just going to cost way too much. It's going to be <laughs> It's going to be a hard ticket to get. 
I, I mean, to, to me, I have equated it to what Warriors fans are going to go through going going from Oracle to I think it's called the Chase Center. I think they're going to experience that. I think, yeah, Ram. It's going to be so expensive to get it to get to uh, get a ticket to that game or into that stadium. Oof. I, I do have one more question for you because yeah, yeah, um, and this has nothing to do with the actual game this weekend, but overall, this is a. The Rams 49ers, this was at one time one of the greatest rivalries in the league. It mm-hmm. was something that held our attention in the 70s, in the 80s, and then the Rams, well, they sucked for a decade. And we sucked for the decade afterwards. And now we're, I think in a lot of ways, despite the dislike between the two fan bases, there's also a desire for that rivalry to come back. What would it mean to you to see both these two teams going at it again for the NFC West? It would mean the world to me, especially because I live in LA. So just seeing that, and I think I think what unites us both is our hatred of the Seahawks. <laughs> there's a lot of truth there. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of respect between 49ers fans and Rams fans because, I mean, unlike see, unlike the other members of the division because of how close in proximity both teams are now, especially because the Rams came back. I think a lot of, there's a lot of families where it's, there's a lot of Rams fans and 49ers fans. So getting that kind of familial, you know, rivalry back where a lot of fans or there's a lot of shared kind of allegiances, especially between the families and, and making the Seahawks the third best team in the division would make me so ecstatic. So if it was the Rams or Niners for the next 10 years, I think I'd be so happy. It's a shared culture. That's yeah. It's it a, yeah. You've inter, we've, we, we're, I, we've intermarried. <laughs> we, yeah. You know, it's, um, and, well, I was just going to say, I was just going to say offensively because both teams for so long were built on their offensive prowess. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so I mean I know you guys had the fierce of foursome, and you guys have had had some really good defender. You know, you probably have the best defender in franchise history playing for you guys right now. But I mean, when when you talk about the Rams and when you talk about the 49ers, a lot of it's based around the offenses, and to to get that back, you know, especially now in a league where where it, the rules are predominantly favoring offenses, I think it'd be really cool to see that. You know. To me, it would have been my dream matchup if instead of the Chiefs and Rams having that game, it would have been the 49ers and the Rams. Especially like last year when they had that Thursday night game when it was so close. It was, what, 41-38. You know, having that kind of game on, on a yearly basis would be so much fun. And really, I go back and, you know, I'm, I think I'm a little older than you, so I remember yeah. I remember the, the big 88 game where the Rams were fighting for a playoff spot and they have to beat the 49ers last week of the year and – and Steve Young was at the time the second string quarterback, and the Rams came in there and pounded the 49ers 38 16. That's the last time the 49ers lost. The following year, the epic, um, the epic Monday night game where the Rams mm-hmm. were ahead 27 10, and the 49ers came back. Joe Montana doing what Joe Montana does. They win 30 27. Then, of course, the fam sack for the NFC Championship game where it was just disgusting uh, for us. But the 49ers win that game. A wrap ahead 10 years later. And mm-hmm. the Rams are, there's one test the Rams need to pass to show they're legit. And that legit was they had to beat the 49ers to show that they were for real. That was in the Edward Jones Dome. They called the TWA Dome time, and, and the Rams went 42 20. Oh, and, I remember uh, that game. I yeah, remember that game. And so there are just so many games in recent history, and I'm talking the last 20, 25 years. 
but there's also a lot of games where they were forgettable, and I don't want that anymore. I want the no. I want the Rams 49ers feature on every Sunday night broadcast or Thursday night broadcast or America's Game of the Week or whatever. That's the way it should be. You know, we get tired of watching Dallas games, 10 Dallas games in, in a row on national TV, uh, or 10 Green Bay games when Green Bay's lost eight or nine games. No, I don't want to see that. I want to see good football. I'm wanting that good football to be a rivalry that should have been there. It should never have been beaten down the way it has over the years. Well, I think for me, and I think you talked, you brought it up a little bit, just the East Coast bias of everything. Is I'm tired of seeing Philadelphia or Washington or the Giants or the Cowboys in, in – in primetime games, I'm tired of seeing all East Coast teams. Uh, you know, I this you know they're the only you know, the hope for a true West Coast rivalry. You know, between on this side, you know, on this side of the country, and if we can get that back, if the 49ers are able to hold up their end of the bargain in the off season and start, you know, putting together the players that we need to be able to, to challenge you guys for the division, I think the NFL is completely is so much better for it. All right, well, Kevin, thanks so much. I'm guessing we'll see you again come tour in the league time. Yeah, or whenever you guys want, man. You guys, well, you, have, well, you have my email, you have my number, whatever you guys want to bring me on, I'm, I'm definitely willing to come on. I'm just waiting for you to invite us on. By oh, gosh, dude, it's you, just ridiculous. You'd never invite us on. I give uh, hey, no, the Cardinals guy we'll, too some trouble. Yeah, yeah, no, dude, we we will definitely have you on. We actually haven't been able to record in a while. Just because of you know things are going on in our personal lives, but the next time we are able to, to put a podcast together, I definitely want to bring you guys on, especially you know just to talk playoffs. Well, it's coming soon, man. It's coming real soon. <laughs> All right, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. And well, I'm gonna say it, go Rams. <laughs> go Rams. <laughs> no, no worries. As long as it's not go Hawks. All right. Oh thank my God. I was talking. Oh, sorry, I was just gonna say I was talking to. I think I was talking to my wife yesterday, and I, I was watching the Seahawks in, in Kansas mm-hmm. City, and I'm like, every time I hear Russell Wilson say a whole bat, a whole pack of, of uh, was it a whole pack of Badgers, whatever, I, I just say I want to punch him in the face. I'm surprised it's not Pete Carroll, man, because everybody wants to punch Pete Carroll except for Pete Carroll. Oh, I, well, is, I mean, he, he's an old man, so I think I'd get arrested for elder abuse. Yeah, but, it's kind of a felony. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> Russell Wilson saying he went to a, went to a school with a whole pack of Badgers. No, you went to a school with human beings. You went to the University of Wisconsin, and before that, you went to you, you know, it's like a Northern, uh, North Carolina, uh, North Carolina State, I think. And the Wolfpack, like, yeah. Yeah, just stop saying you went to a whole pack of Badgers. You went to Wisconsin. That's the school you went to. <laughs> sorry, sorry, that's off a tangent, but I just want to say uh, happy, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, man. Good luck in the playoffs. Obviously, I'm, I can't root for you because, you know, that would just be dumb. But, you know, good luck. Oh, you know, I forgot one more thing, man. I forgot one more thing. Tell people where they can follow you guys. Uh, you can find me at Kevin A. Molina. You can find us at 49ers Hub on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. And you can find us at the49ershub.com. All right, Kevin. Thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And have a great one. Uh, you too, man. <laughs> All right, that was Kevin Molina from Fortnite's Hub. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed the preview. It was a little bit more looser than what we normally do on, on the show, but hey, it's Christmas. We're not going to be too serious when we have a, a lot of other things to, to be thankful for this, this time of year. Uh, before we do move on, I want to take some time to shout out to our other sponsor, the Golden Ram Barbershop. If you're looking to support one of your own in the Orange County area and you like the old school barbershop experience, Check out the Golden Ram Barbershop, 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California, 92683. 
Sal Martinez opened up his shop at his shrine to the Rams on the day the team left for St. Louis, and they he kept that light on. He kept it on for t- over 20 years. It's still on. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714894 Rams or 7267. Use the promo code Talk so he knows we sent you and get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Gold Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Saturday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. One more time, give Sal a call at 714-894-7267. A visit to his shop is worth it just to enjoy all the Rams memorabilia there. It's a Hall of Fame of the Rams. I kid you not. But again, it is that old school barbershop experience. You can talk football. You can talk Rams football. I even saw a guy come in there and ask, you know, talk a little bit about Vikings football. Couldn't believe it. Trust me, folks, you won't regret it. He even managed to make my head look normal. Norm's funky looking head normal. And he made Johnny into Magic Johnny. So there you go, the Gold Ram Barbershop. Okay, so a little bit different format today. It is Christmas Day, and I did want to kind of express... The 12 things I want for Christmas. The 12 things I want for Christmas that can be Rams related. It's mostly Rams related. A couple of things that aren't. But I wanted to just put these out there to you just from, from the bottom of our hearts here at Rams Talk and some of the thoughts we've talked about throughout the year. And um, here you go. Okay. Here is the first thing. I'm following the theme. 12 days of Christmas. 12 things I want for Christmas. First thing I want for Christmas. I do want to have all the resources humanly possible to, for our company here, over here at Rams Talk, to keep putting out Rams content, whether that's for writers, if you're interested in writing for us, um, sponsors, we, we really could use some advertisers to keep the lights on, graphics people, social media people. If you are interested in hooking up with us and getting involved in some good old-fashioned Rams content, reach out to us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. Uh, we're all rambling, and uh, we're looking to keep providing you more and more good content and get better content out there for you as we're able to uh, financially afford it. So that's one thing, and I'm, I'm not going to say anything else about it. There you go. Number two, this is the bigger one. Things I want for Christmas, second thing I want for Christmas, to see some of these longtime Rams veterans finally get considered by the Veterans Committee for the Hall of Fame. That includes Roman Gabriel. That includes Rich Saul. That includes Dennis Hara. Nolan Cromwell. And a couple others. But there's one name that to me, and, and I'm not dissing any of those other names. I think all of them really should be at this point. Their numbers stack up to the air. But there's one person who definitely belongs in. I cannot believe that Years have gone by, and he's still not in there, and that's Eddie Metter. Eddie Metter was a cornerback ahead of his time in the 1960s. The numbers he put up, uh, the ones that were kept anyways, what he meant to the Rams secondary, the, the Pro Bowls he went to, it's a crying shame that up to this point, no Rams media has successfully lobbied for the Veterans Committee to take up Take a look at him. I believe he belongs in the Hall of Fame. And Eddie's getting up there in years. And, and I'm hoping that somebody will look at his his numbers, look at his career, and see that he's worthy of such an honor. And so if anybody's out there listening, if there's anybody in Rand's media out there listening, look him up. 
look him up, compare him to the era and to what he did. He was not just a coverage corner. He was a tackler. Ty got hurt, so it ended his career a little early. He's well, he is a well-deserving of an honor in the Hall of Fame. So there you go. There you go, Eddie Metter. Okay. Three, third thing I want for Christmas. I want the Rams to beat the 49ers for the second seed. I'm still bitter about that game last year. Went all the way out there, toured all the lots, ate lots of food. Thank you still to all those people who fed us. And the Rams played their second, third, four seed guys. I don't blame them, but went there to watch the 49ers' first team smash the Rams' second and third and fourth teamers and then have 49er fans on the way out uh, talking trash as if they just accomplished something major. Uh, this one is important. It's important for so many things. Um, if the Rams lose this game, the Bears win, then the Rams are on the road in the wild card game. Sorry, sorry. I apologize. At home for a wild card game and then have to get through that wild card game and go on the road in the divisional playoff. I just don't I don't want that. I don't see how anybody would want that. If they're at home, they would face the higher seeded of the teams available at home. So it could be the Bears. It could be it could be the Seahawks. And it could be, let me see what the last one was. It could be Dallas. All right. So the one team it can't be will be whoever takes that sixth seat, Philadelphia or Minnesota or so on and so forth. Then in the NFC Championship game, they'd be on the road. Okay, so I don't want that. If they play a wild card game, they would host they would host either at this point Minnesota or Philadelphia. You know, let's just go ahead and, and get this thing wrapped up. That's what I want to see. I want to see this team win a playoff game under Sean McVay. Uh, it's just, you know, it's what needs to happen. It's what needs to happen. Okay, that's my third wish. Well, it's what I want for Christmas. By the way, I'm, I'm wondering how many of these, when all is said and done, how many of these will come true. Fourth thing I want for Christmas. The fourth. Permanent. Throwback colors. Don't reinvent the wheel here, folks. If, if there is somebody in the Rams organization listening, I know, we all know that you are looking at redesigning the uniforms for the opening of the stadium. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just go back to the old uniforms they're wearing now. The old LA uniforms, the ones that they have permission to wear, the throwbacks, just keep those. You don't need to change anything. I mean, let's let's turn it this way. Those colors aren't something you're going to want to wear in the street. They're not fashion forward or anything. But on the football field, they're perfect. They're perfect. They stand for everything this organization has ever been. They're perfect. Don't change them. There's no need to change them. They're a le- it's a legacy uniform, like the Packers uniform, like the Steelers uniform, even the Cowboys uniform. Those are legacy uniforms. You don't need to change them. You don't need to change them. You don't need to alter them. Okay, for if you want to have a throwback uniform, then that can be the old blue and white. But there's no need to go out there and massively revamp the uniforms. And I'm bringing this up now because it's getting closer, and it's just a wish. I'm not trying to be a dead horse here. I know it's come up over and over again, and, and the issue's kind of fallen on you know down in the background because 
the Rams got what they wanted being allowed to wear the throwback uniforms now. But keep them. There's no reason to change the uniforms come come 2020. They're going to do it. I'm pretty sure they're going to do it because that means everybody's going to go out and buy new uniforms. But you don't need to. You don't need to. They're perfect the way they are. Okay, five. Oh, boy. I'm going to move away from the Rams for a second. We'll be back. Five. For the NFL to make a concerted effort to fix officiating. The Rams traditionally tend to get screwed on officials' calls. We've seen it for years. There's no point really anymore in complaining too, you just complain too much about it because it's just going to happen. But I don't remember seeing officiating as bad as it's been this year. If I could, if I could guess, I'll go all the way back to 2001. The pass interference call on the Steelers, Joe Hayden on Sunday is a great example of that. Never should have been called. Just a light touch. Um, it just, I can't believe that call was made and it, and it put the Steelers behind the eight ball early in that game. Just, it changes the whole dimension of the game. These officials are having too much of a say. They're having too much of a um, too much of an impact on games they shouldn't be having an impact on. They're basically because of their failures, they are right now diminishing the integrity of the game. And I read a report today from a, something that Peter King mentioned in, on his article for Pro Football Talk and how, per a league source, the officials are getting upset that the NFL is not backing them up. Um, the NFL, I think, does a really good job providing resources for officials. They work hard to update rules and clarify rules are necessary. You don't blame the NFL for this one. Do your job. If you want the NFL to back you, do your job. That call on the field never should have happened. Never. We've seen multiple horrible calls like that that impact the game throughout the year. We've seen it happen to the Rams. We've seen it happen to other teams as well. I'm not just saying, hey, it's only happens to the Rams. It happens a lot. And it happened to the Steelers on Sunday. And you know what it did? It had an effect on the entire NFC uh, playoff picture. Well, not the entire, but the top three seeds, especially. It should not have happened. So there you go. Number six. I just saw an, a, a fellow Rams podcast, podcast mentioned this yesterday. Um, they had Jim Ever on, the sh- on their show, along with uh, Leroy Irvin. Uh, the case to be made to increase roster sizes. I've mentioned it before on the show, so that's my wish. My sixth wish, sixth thing I want for Christmas, is time NFL. Expand those rosters. Expand them. You have a 53-man roster, a 46-man active roster. It's time. It's time to expand those rosters. We're living in a different age. Uh, We're trying to protect players from injury. And if you don't allow teams to have more death in this age where guys are faster, stronger, we're seeing more severe injuries, concussions, and so on and so forth, you're basically speaking on the side of your mouth. You're saying how important you are and important it is to you for player safety. And I believe that, but I think the NFL's come around that. This is not in direct criticism towards them. Okay? I believe they've come around. I think they really are trying to protect players. But it's counterintuitive when you only allow so many active players on the roster. It allows these teams to have so much so much less flexibility. Just just change it. 
make it a 60-man roster. Maybe a 60-man roster with three active. However you want to do it. There needs to be more spots open. There needs to be more. Okay, so that's number six on the list. All right, the seventh thing I want for Christmas. the seventh I want Isaac Bruce in the Hall of Fame. I want Isaac Bruce in the Hall of Fame. He belongs there. The numbers show it. If you go look him up, you will find some just amazing numbers throughout his career. And honestly, if he doesn't suffer some of the injuries he has early in his career and then towards the end, I think his numbers are even better. So he makes four Pro Bowl bursts during his career. He catches 1,024 footballs for 15,208 yards and 91 touchdowns, including a long of 80. He, in 19... 19- 95 caught 119 passes on a just okay Rams team for 1781, 13 touchdowns. During the Rams' greatest show on turf year, 77 catches for uh, 1,165 yards, 12 touchdowns. The next year, 2000, even better. 87 catches, 1471, 1471 yards, 9 touchdowns. Just an outstanding career. He's deserving of just. He's deserving of it. He's part of that greatest show on turf offense. He was a, a consummate professional throughout his career. He needs to be in the Hall of Fame. It needs to happen. I, I still blows my mind that it's even a question mark for him. It, it really does need to happen. So that is Isaac Bruce. That takes me to my next Christmas wish. My next Christmas wish. This number eight. My eighth Christmas wish is Tory Holt to be in the Hall of Fame. And to me, if you look at his numbers straight through, it should be a gimme. It really should. He makes seven Pro Bowl appearances. A one-time first-team All-Pro. In 2003, he leads a team with 117 catches for 1,696 yards and 12 touchdowns. In 2000, 82 catches for 1,635 yards. Overall, in his career, he had he registered. He registered... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight seasons of a thousand yards or more receiving. Matter of fact, eleven hundred yards. He never during that stretch dropped below eleven hundred yards. He registered nine hundred and twenty catches in his career overall, thirteen thousand and eighty-two yards receiving, and eighty-five yards. Uh, sorry, eighty-five touchdowns. What really makes him stand out? is the fact that he did this straight through. From 2000 to 2007, you would be hard-pressed to not at least consider him among your top two or three years in the league. This is a time during Terrell Owens, when he was out there, when Randy Moss was out there. Torrey Holt was was right there. Was right there. And um, it's hard to try and say that he was equal to Terrell Owens or to Randy Moss. But he was he was he was right there in the mix for among the best in the league. Very consistent, always made plays, always came to work. He definitely deserves the honor, but his career was shorter. Played eleven years in the league, knee injuries at the end kind of finished him out. I think if Tory Holt plays a couple more years, gets some more yardage on there, it's a much more clear cut case. Instead, we're here debating it despite the fact the guy made 
seven Pro Pro Bowls in his career, had eight years, again, of over 1,100 yards receiving. In a row. That is so hard to do in any league, in any season, and that's what he did. I, he's deserving. And he'll probably be waiting a little while. There's a there's a huge list of players coming up now that will be first timers, and it will kind of push in towards the background. But Torian's to get in the Hall of Fame. So there you go. There's my my case for him. And by the way, my ninth thing that I want for Christmas, my ninth wish for Christmas, is I want Tory Holt to come on the show. I interviewed him years ago when I was contributing to Yahoo Sports. A great interview, and you know we were. We're real big believers here in about the history of this team, whether it be in Los Angeles or St. Louis. And he's just a great conversation. I tried to reach out to him last year to get him on the show, and, and the timing didn't meet and didn't, it didn't work out well just because of how busy he is. I hope to one day get Tori on the show. I know you all would love to have him on and see how he's been doing and, and get his feelings on certain things going in the NFL right now. Well, so would I. And so that's number 10. Okay. So that was number nine. This is number 10. 10 things I want for Christmas. The 10th thing is the Rams to get more penetration on the line of scrimmage defensively and set the edges. This might be the toughest thing because if, if they were going to do it, they would have done it by now. Some of these things are fundamental. Um, some of them are based on your talent. So far this year, penetration-wise, the line of scrimmage, it's really been the Aaron Donald show. We expect them more out of Dominic Sue and Michael Brockers. It hasn't happened yet. It really needs to happen. In terms of setting the edges, that to me is more fundamental. It's something you're taught at a very young age. It's something that I taught when I was coaching football to set that edge. It's so important that teams do that. and It blows my mind that our front seven really struggles to make that happen. It really needs to happen, and it needs to happen soon if the Rams are going to have a shot at the Super Bowl. 11. 11. For the offensive line to full return to early season form. They were better on Sunday. They did very well against the run. I mean, sorry, not against the run, but before the, the running game was amazing. They adapted the, the lineup for C.J. Anderson, and the Rams just did what the Rams did earlier in the year and just mauled people. But the passing offense, the pass blocking, still has a lot to, a lot to grow with. And at this point in the season, I'm not even sure it can happen. It's age. It's an older line now. Whitworth is 37 years old. John Sullivan's getting up there. And John Sullivan, he's been getting beat up a lot of late. And while I'm thankful the Rams went out there and got him, he really solidified the offensive line. It's looking like Sullivan, it's looking like it's time to go. It's not that, you know, nothing personal. It's looking like this is, this is the end. He's no longer able to man the middle. And that's a shame. So, I'm hoping these guys can pull it together for this stretch run, go back to what they were, and allow and protect Jared Goff, protect your franchise quarterback. And so that is my 11th thing that I want for Christmas. And finally, finally, here we go. The 12th thing that I want for Christmas, I think you know what it is, to get to and win the Super Bowl. So let me tell a story. Let me tell a story. And I was I was 21 when the Rams went to the Super Bowl, beat the Titans. I was serving in the U.S. Navy at the time. We were out to sea 
during the playoffs, I would act. I was a radio man in IT. I would actually go up to the indoor radio shack and program in on a spare radio, on a spare receiver to listen to the game online. Well, I didn't have watch the night of the Super Bowl. I was supposed to be sleeping, but that's not going to happen. I was the only guy in the birthing who was cheering for the Rams. Everybody else wanted Eddie George and Steve McNair and the Titans to win. I was the only guy. Everybody told me the Rams don't have a shot, even though the Rams were the better team throughout the year. That's what folks said. They don't have a shot. And I got to watch as Kurt Warner hit Isaac Bruce on that 73-yard touchdown on the sideline to put them ahead late. And then they held on. And I remember that day I was I just say I I'm a praying man. I actually ask God, Lord, just one time. I'll never ask for it again. And uh well, here we are. Years later, it's been almost twenty years. The team since moved back to LA. They went for through a long dry spell. I've been a little superstitious about that. <laughs> um but they've now again they've created a new culture there. And it's fun to watch the Rams play. It's frustrating sometimes. But it's fun. But here's the thing. A lot of those older Rams fans who held on in all those years in L.A. We're starting to lose them. Matter of fact, we've lost a ton of them this year. Including one of our most active fans. His name was Gerald Reynolds. who he, he, We were known for disagreeing. We used to go on the Rams board and, and talk. Um, and disagree a lot about the Rams. He used to get on our articles and... And um, he passed away just a few short days after the Rams lost the game to the Falcons. But his love for the Rams will never be questioned. And uh, many of these older LA Rams fans, um, they it, they are getting near the end. And I, I don't think I remember a year where so many, I've, I've read stories of so many members of the fan base passing away. So as these folks, as their health, they're fading and they have a shot. That's what I want for Christmas. I want to see the Rams win one for some of these Rams fans who who um, their clock is ticking, whether they are in St. Louis or in Los Angeles or anywhere around the world. There are quite a few who want to see this team win one last time before they move on in life or move on from life. And I hope, I hope that'll happen. That's my big wish for the year. I'm sure other fans across the league are wishing the same thing. This is nothing. This is just my wish list. And um, I, I got to tell you, I really miss Gerald. I really miss arguing football with Gerald. All right. So, with all that in mind, it's about time for us to go. Before we go, if you are interested in sponsoring us, if you are working with us, advertising with us, reach out to us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. Or to use a voicemail at 657-666-5453. We have a media kit ready to get out to you. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. And you can find me, Derek C. Apollo at DC Apollo. On Twitter, you can find everybody else. Johnny Gomez is out there. Steve Ribeiro. And I even Norm. He's there too. Don't forget to iTunes or Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you are. Subscribe. Uh, if you can, leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. If you ever have any feedback for us, email us. I love to hear your feedback, whether it's good or bad. I've had some weird ones in the past. Um... But we really want to engage you in what we do. We, um, 
there, there's several of us here are journalists, but we we're, we know we, we say who we are. We're a biased group. We cover this team. So we want to hear from you. We want to hear your takes. And maybe, just maybe, we'll uh, ask a question. We'll answer a question of yours on the air. Okay. One last thing. Merry Christmas. Um, thank you for all that you have done to be a part of our team throughout the year. I hope you enjoy your family uh, wherever you are around the world. I know we have listeners in Britain and Germany and, and of course, uh, in L.A., St. Louis, even Alaska. Uh, that's what our demographics say. Merry Christmas. And, again, thank you for taking all the time to spend with us. Okay, for the entire Rams Talk team, this is Derek C. Apollo. Go Rams. It's time for the 49ers, folks. This holiday season, you know what I have on my wish list? Adventure. That's why I got a new Honda during the Happy Honda Day sales event. They have a whole lineup of rugged, all-wheel drive SUVs, CRV, Pilot, Passport. But at the end of the day, I drove off in a new HRV with a bunch of safety features. And best of all, I got it on clearance. So don't just sit around knitting an ugly holiday sweater. See your local Honda dealer for Happy Honda Day's clearance pricing today. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.